Come on in, sit back and relax. You're listening to episode 214 of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. And I'm your host, Craig Iskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting. And this podcast features news, information, and analysis on the trends and best practices all about wealth management technology. My guest for this episode is Sachin Shah, COO of 55IP. Sachin has been in the industry quite some time. I started out back in 1998 uh, at Bank of America as a merger and arbitrage research analyst. He then uh, co-founded a uh, trade algorithm company, which he sold, uh, then became uh, head of prime services for that financial group that acquired his company. Uh, then moved on to RBC as head of emerging manager allocator platform. Then became COO of Ada Investments, which was eventually acquired by 55IP, uh, where he has been for over seven years. Uh, first as chief revenue officer, then as chief operating officer, and now part of as JP Morgan Asset Management, which acquired 55IP back in 2018. All right, we had a really good conversation uh, about all kinds of stuff. I mean, it was it's a it's an interesting company. They're doing a lot of uh, a lot of things um, that we find to be um, uh, well suited to a lot of advisors and how they operate when they're outsourcing different parts of their business. Uh, 55IP has uh, some solutions that advisors are taking advantage of, and we go in depth into some of the underlying technology, into some of their tax methodologies, uh, how RAs can use the system, uh, some of their tax savings, direct indexing. We cover a lot of ground. All right. But before we get started, let's talk about your tech stack. Now, at Ezra Group, we've seen literally hundreds of tech stack, RIA tech stacks. And let me tell you, most of them are loaded down with tech debt. So you shouldn't feel too bad about yours. But let's face it, tech debt is like a giant anchor holding back your business growth. So if you want to free your firm for that exponential rocket ship ride up the, uh, up the hockey stick curve, you should run, not walk to our website, ezragroup.com and fill out the contact us form on the homepage. Our experienced team can evaluate your current tech ecosystem, deliver targeted recommendations, optimize your existing systems and your operations, or even run an RFP and help you implement new software to get your firm to the next level. You can take advantage of our free consultation by going to ezragroup.com. Couple of quick housekeeping items. Please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. You don't want to miss an episode of this podcast because we are regularly in the top 100 of fintech news podcasts in the US, and that is not easy to do. So don't miss an episode. Also, uh, I'm a big supporter of the Invest in Others Foundation. You should go check them out at investinothers.org. Now, let's kick this thing off. And here we go. Our next guest is Sachin Shah. Chief Operating Officer of 55IP. Hey, Sachin. Thanks for coming, man. Hi, Craig. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you could be here. We were just talking about when we saw each other last was back in May at Tiburon. Yeah, that's always a great event that Chip puts on. Um, good to see you there. And it was in your hometown, your new hometown of Boston. Yeah, we moved up here about five years ago as we, kept develop as we developed uh, 55IP further. Uh, I made the move from New York City, where I spent 22 years, uh, to move up here and uh, and build out 55 IP. Uh, move my family up here. We live outside of Boston in a town called Needham. I know Needham. I've been there. Yeah. How do you like Boston compared to New York? 
Uh, you know, people ask me that all the time. I, I, uh, I don't have any, I don't look backwards. Uh, uh, New York City was about, uh, it was all about me and my life there. And, and uh, Needham is all about my, me and my family, which is, you know, the phase I'm in. So it's, it's, it's been a great change. That is awesome. Yeah. All right, can you tell us a bit about, for people who aren't familiar, um, about 55IP? Yeah, sure. 55IP is a fintech company. Uh, based here in Boston, as we discussed, we, we, uh, we are an investment strategy engine uh, that really empowers uh, financial advisors with their tax smart implementation of model portfolios, SMAs, UMAs uh, across their book of business. That's a new term, an investment strategy engine. Yeah. Yeah. When we, when we think about, you know, what advisors uh, you know, what they're, when they think about what's core of their workflow, um, implementing their portfolios is, is a piece of the, of their workflow that they really need to focus on. And we really allow them to do that in a seamless way. Um, and more, more so than, than not these days, we really empower them with the, allow, empower them with the ability to customize, uh, their investments for their clients. Uh, we believe that, you know, when you think about, uh, customization or personalization at scale, these are common words in the industry these days, um, taxes sits really at the middle of that, right? Because I can't think of anything more personalized than your tax uh, consequences that your or your tax picture, if you will, as an investor, um, uh, that's obviously catered to your nuances and your choices in your portfolio. And so we found over the, over the years that that became, a, has and was and probably will continue to be a pretty big pain point for financial advisors as they think about uh, growing their practices. And we really set out to solve that problem for them. I think there's some uh, in the industry, I've talked to people, they might be a little confused. Uh, would you guys consider yourselves a TAMP? Or how? Uh, what how, What category would you uh, put your company in? Yeah, no, we're definitely not a TAMP. When I think about TAMPs, I think about broad-based service model, primarily in operational services that range from billing to CRM, to some asset management services to reporting. You know, we are singular. We have been singularly focused, and will continue to be singularly focused on using uh, fintech, right? And really specifically, the, the really rooted in the fin part of tech. And we can come back to that in a second. Um, and software to allow advisors to implement model portfolios, SMAs, UMAs, as I've mentioned, in a customized way. Um, and so our software really sits at the middle of model providers. Um, these are these can include the home office models or models um, built by the advisor themselves or in conjunction with the asset managers. Um, and on the other side of that, that equation are the advisors in their, in their books of business. And so advisors work with our platform really as a add-on to their existing tech stack, right? We're not looking to rip and replace anything that they currently do. We actually fit like a glove in almost every, in, uh, all of their existing tech stacks and, uh, and, uh, and provide our service specifically around this tax market implementation. Yeah, the broad-based service model. So we define the the, the TAMP market uh, differently. That's the old, what we would call the old-school TAMP, yeah. or the broad-based service model where you provide everything. Uh, you know, like like the uh, the the investnet or an asset mark, right? That provides end to end. But the TAMP market has really um, grown or uh, divided up in the recent years, where firms are are launching TAMP-like platforms with different subsections. Yeah. Of, yeah that model so 
when a firm like yours has, you have an RIA, you have to, you can make fiduciary decisions, and firms are outsourcing that to you. To us, you're you're a form of a tamp. It's it's not the same kind of tamp that an investor or an asset mark would be, but you can still singularly focus on helping advisors implement portfolios. But that's part of the tamp-like function because you do offer the technology, you do outsource that that piece of it. You can still fit hand and glove into their into their tech stack, uh, but it's still very tamp. Uh, you know, there's really different types of temps that we that we divide the market up into. Yeah, so I, I hear what you're saying. You know, make, makes sense. I think that um, when we think about, you know, maybe we could take a step back for a second. When we think about uh, the industry and our capabilities in in in, in how we in want to implement them, a couple of things come to mind. So first, we want to like, and we'll talk more about integrations. We we actually we really focus on integrating. Uh, on where the advisors actually do business. So in the RI channels, obviously the custodians. And so when we built the company, we really focused on building deep integrations with the custodians so we can get the client data. Um, and then we want to be able to deliver our capabilities into the into the workload of the advisor. Um, but then really, really, we want to really focus on developing algorithms that the advisor can then leverage and use and really be the driver and, and decision maker to the extent that the regulators allow us um, to determine what they want to use or not use, right? And so when you talk about fiduciary duty, yes, we have a um, we do have an RIA, uh, but that's really only serves one one delivery method, if you will, of how we deliver we, we think about delivering our capabilities. Um, <clears throat> when we we as our business has been developing over the years we our full form service model is a sub-advisory uh offering that advisors take some advisors take take advantage of where we uh allow us to use our algorithms our service model um are we actually implement the portfolios or the model portfolios or estimate in the on the client's behalf and we sort of do the full service model mm -hmm. as we think continue to uh, deliver our capabilities to more and more advisors. Obviously, 300,000 advisors in, in the industry. In the industry, uh, we want to continue delivering it across different platforms and programs. Um, we're seeing more and more use of our capabilities through either trade list delivery mechanism or even all the way through to a, a SaaS life service, which we offering, which we which we offer today as well, right mm -hmm. through APIs. So, so you know, I think the industry is evolving. I think the names of what we offer, you know, is evolving. To, to your point, right? And uh, and so, you know, when we think about the the direction of the business, we want to we ultimately want to be um, we have a core capability that we know is is useful to advisors at, and saves them a ton of time. And we want to continue to figure out how we can deliver that in the most seamless, economical way to the advisor practice. Let's talk about the underlying technology behind the, the tax transition uh, system. Was it all built in-house? Do you have any third-party software that you're relying on? Can you go into a little more detail? Yes, absolutely. So uh, we have built all of our uh, tax technology. We call it our active tax technology. We have built it prim uh, primarily in-house. Um, and we you know, over the years, uh, I mentioned, you know, when we were really focused on, when we say FinTech, we have a heavy bent to Fin. Uh, and so our, our algorithms are, roos, are rooted in, in, in finance. Um, early days, I've been since the beginning, early days we had, you know, many academics and leading sort of financiers. Our founder uh, was a, a longstanding investment professional. Um, and we, 
and we developed our capabilities to really hone in using finance and then figure out ways to then deliver that through technology in that works in the advisor's workflow. And so I think that's a, the right way about going about uh, providing technology in today's well tech market, right? It, technology in itself makes things sometimes faster, but you know, when it's finance and technology, it really is smarter and faster. And that's what we've been focused on. Specifically in our app to, in our tax technology, we've built, you know, we really honed in on three areas and even specifically one area which we really figured out is the pain point for the advisors and that's really around the tax or transition capability and you know what we found taking a step back you know in the industry as of the trends happening in the industry where there's all this money in motion um as we call it when fee-based when commission-based is moving to fee-based advisory savings uh, moving to spending right all these sort of trends that are happening in industry where money is constantly in motion the one thing particularly coming after out of a uh, a decade-long bull market is that the friction that's getting in the way are taxes. And so that tax transition uh, problem, if you will, we found that advisors were spending a lot of time trying to figure out how to move their clients from one model to another model using spreadsheets. And it would take weeks, if not you know, longer, to actually figure out how to, how to make that transition. And so we honed in specifically on that problem and, 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 and build technology and, and, and finance around solving that. And then once the transition happens, you know, then it's this ongoing uh, tax, ongoing tax loss harvesting capability that we've implemented, that we implement for clients and, and advisors. Uh, and then, of course, when we want to redeem money out of an account, we want to do that in a tax smart way, and we have the tax smart withdrawals. And so, really, that rounds out this tax smart capability that allows advisors to effectively outsource that. Um, you know, as an example, the tax transition capability comes came in really handy. You know, in March of 2020, when we saw um, you know, when advisors are dealing with with the onset of COVID and all of the all of the um, you know I'm sure client you know inbound inquiries on what's happening in the world or in their portfolios, while that was happening, we 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 were transitioning client and, and there was a big pullback in the market that gave us an opportunity to to transition clients in the right portfolios that they want to get into, and uh, I think during that time, like 70% of the intended transition to the to the target models happened just over that period of time, which really helped, which really, while the advisors didn't have to do anything. So that automation is, we found really helpful. If I'm an advisor, I'm using Orion or Tamarack uh, or something, and I want to use, so I've got a, a bunch of accounts that are in a model, and I want to change them all over to another model. So I can, um, how would I go about accessing your tax transition service outsource service to move all those and how would it be managed how would i monitor it how would i connect with it how would it integrate into my existing platform yeah good question so so we work with a lot of we, we work with a lot of advisors that uh that use orion we in fact were an orion client early days as, as our order management system when we on a sub-advisory basis when we were executing trades out um and so we so advisors can continue using an orion platform and we plug uh, we plug into the custodians directly. They give us access to all their client data that goes into our systems, and and then very easily in our in our software, the advisor can uh, see the accounts that can have their models, either their home office models or uh, the models that they've built with with some of the asset managers we work with. Uh, we work with BlackRock, J.P. Morgan, Fidelity, many others, um, and uh, and then assign. Though their accounts, their client accounts, to specific models uh, that they that that makes sense for their client, 
and then they can use our tax configurations, right? Set, set for example, set the tax budget that they're willing to pay to transition. Uh, typically, advisors use zero; they don't want the client doesn't want to pay any tax bill, mm -hmm. and and move and then and then and then press submit. And re basically, at that point, we take over and uh, generate so generate tax for smart trade lists to slowly transition that account to the target model portfolio. And if the advisor has uh, chosen a sub-advisory uh, relationship with 55IP, then we would go in and actually trade the account at the custodian, and that and those trades would flow back into their order management system at Orion. Or the advisor can select the trade list delivery capability, and we would actually deliver those fully formed trade lists to the advisor in their order management system, Orion or otherwise. And, and then they'd be able to press send and execute it to, at the custodian themselves. So it's pretty, the onboarding process is, uh, is pretty straightforward, particularly in the RI channel because of these deep integrations we have with the custodians. Um, you know, at places like Fidel, many of, many of the firms, we have single sign-on integrations and so they can, they can see all of the data pretty, pretty seamlessly. I'm interested in the ongoing tax loss harvesting. So if yeah. I'm on Orion or, or Tamarack or Black Diamond, that's where I'm managing my portfolios. So how do you, do I have to hand over those accounts to you and they can leave you managed on your platform for ongoing tax loss harvesting? Or is there some um, integrated capabilities where I can keep managing them in my existing portfolio management system and you make these uh, uh, ongoing tax loss harvesting trades for me? Yeah, so to be clear, like they, they are, the, the advisor is always the manager of the account. The manager, the advisor is always the, is the advisor, right? Um, in the cases where they're using model portfolios or SMAs that we have on our platform, the advisor is, is just outsourcing the capability to manage that, that portfolio or in, implement that portfolio in the updates and the target updates, target model updates in a tax smart way. And so they leverage our platform in a way that allows them to, to leverage our, our algorithms and our capabilities to, for that particular piece. So we can act as a sub-advisor, again, if they want us to execute it all the way, execute it on their behalf, or in many, many cases, the advisors don't want us to execute and they just want us to, they want to use our algo. And so we deliver that, that tax smart trade list to their, to their platform and then they execute it. But in no case do we become the manager of the advisor of the account. Good to know. Yeah. And on the decumulation part, which would uh, be when uh, a client is going into retirement, now they're selling down their portfolio. Do you require more information about other other expenses or other accounts, the LOI assets, in order to um, generate your tax smart withdrawals, or can you just use the data that that client has at a single custodian? Yeah. As of today, we we we. Uh... We do it very similarly. It's basically the opposite of what we do on transition into the account. So the advisor on behalf of the client will give us the tax budget that they're willing to adhere to. That, that's, a, that's a singular data point that we then use as the benchmark in order to, to harvest losses and, and, and raise cash to, make the, to meet the withdrawal. Um, we don't currently take in data from other sources, right? Um, but it is on our roadmap. I know some of my colleagues and partners are um, it's it's of high interest field over over the next period of time. That would be cool. That would be cool. If, if a larger client or client that might have assets of multiple advisors, as, as many 
uh, individuals do break up their assets across multiple advisors, it might help to have that data. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but it works both ways. According to your website, your platform has generated 2.16% annualized average tax savings over the past three years. How does this work? Is it just tax loss harvesting? Is there other capabilities? Are there specific types of portfolios that deliver better tax alpha? Can you provide some insight there? Yeah, absolutely. So, so first, like, you know, what is tax savings? I mean, there's a lot of different ways to show tax benefits. We focused on, in the RI channel, we, we focused on tax savings today. Um, and so what is that? that? So tax savings is really the, uh, the difference between the tax bill of an account that has tax management on it versus an account that doesn't have tax management on it. And so we run shadow accounts to allow us to show the difference between running, you know, or the value, if you will, of running our capability on, a, on an account. Um, and so, and so, you know, we, we run for our, for the RA channel uh, and the models, the SMAs, there are different, you know, depending on the product, uh, we have different sort of tax management methodologies uh, for many of the model portfolios that we run that are ETF and fund model portfolios. It's a monthly harvesting. Uh, so every, every month we look at, um, uh, we have a methodology we can dig into in a second that takes a look at it, whether we, how, what we harvest, if at all, and then what we should replace it with. And then we, and then, um, and then in doing that, obviously not in just a, a, a vacuum, but being sure that we're maintaining the tracking error to the target portfolio and maintaining and making sure that we don't veer too far off of that. Um, and, and so we do that monthly, uh, it, it generates good tax alpha, that tax savings never represents that, that methodology across the 40,000 or so, uh, model portfolio accounts that we run our platform today and about 15 or $16 billion. Um, and then, uh, and then with J.P. Morgan, so uh, we haven't talked about it yet, but about two and a half years ago, we were acquired by J.P. Morgan Asset Management. We still run as an independent subsidiary and cater to the industry and work with many other asset managers and model providers. Um, but part of the part of our partnership with J.P. Morgan is that we we power up their direct indexing business as well as their active SMAs. Uh, and so there, we actually generate tax alpha reporting. Um, uh, and, you know, in a year, when we launched it last year, it was a, a very good year for tax alpha. Uh, which, um, uh, and I would say, you know, it's all, so again, there we do daily harvesting, daily optimization, identify opportunities to harvest losses on a daily basis. Uh, you know, and so given the year, given the products, uh, it depends on, you know, different markets and different, different benchmarks. But I think that um, both methodologies provide significant tax value. And, you know, would recommend that advisors, you know, use some tax methodology that's automated uh, because it's a very time consuming process and, you know, in, in using platforms like 55P would certainly help in that and make sense. How much of your business is powering direct indexing? So it's a great question. Today it's about 25 to 30% of our business. Uh, we're going to continue, that's going to continue to grow. Uh, it's a big, it's a big reason why JP Morgan uh, purchased our, our technology uh, is to power up their direct indexing business as well as their active SMAs to be, to be, to be um, full, fulsome about it. Um, and, you know, but when I think about, so people always talk about models, direct indexing in the industry. Like I think about it as all one model eventually, right? And it's all, these are all just kind of subcomponents, you know, ETFs, funds, direct indexing, um, uh, alts one day, 
right? It's all going to be delivered eventually in a UMA structure uh, or blended portfolio, if you will, that has going to have tax management across all of them um, for the end and you know, where as applicable. So, so I think just we're just in the we're all on that journey, and <clears throat> you know I don't think one product is. It's way too early to say one product is going to destroy the other. We've we've heard that for decades on ETFs and mutual funds. Now we're hearing on direct investing and ETFs. I think there's a place for all of it, depending on client size, client type, and direction. And so, you know, ultimately, it's it's to me, it's all one big model. On the Ezra Group side, we see direct indexing as a tool, an operational tool, similar to UMAs, where they will grow and grow significantly as firms see them helping them build scale, but clients don't know the difference. No client comes into a, their advisor and says, I need a UMA or I need a direct indexing. They just say, I, I've got these problems and well, I want to retire or I've got things I need to save for. And the advisor's job is to put him in the right product or the advisory firm's job is to use the right operational framework to deliver efficient advice. Do you see it that way or do you think it'll change and um, it'll become a product that and end investors will understand and ask for. Uh, I, I I agree with you. I don't. I think that advisors. Um, I think that asset allocation and storytelling and and narrative are is the is the way that money is managed well, and you know. And as we know from various value pyramids that we see, the Clients don't really the, the top of the, the top of the pyramid is always client service, financial planning. Am I going to have enough money for my life events, right? And investments is third or fourth or fifth on the list in terms of what the, the you know what the clients want. And so, like clicking into the actual portfolios, I mean, I think in some you know I, I just think that that's not as important. You know, there are optics and there's issues like when you when a, when a client gets a statement of. 500 names in their in their in their uh, in their statement. You know that shows up and has maybe different different issues. But ultimately, I think you know directionally, the that what's in the portfolio in the at the sort of ingredient level doesn't necessarily make too much of a difference. I think what you know the meeting the financial plan is the primary thing that advisors need to need to think through and and the narrative around that over the over the years the so that no no advisor makes the clients don't force advisors to make rash decisions we definitely don't want that <laughs> definitely don't totally don't you mentioned the acquisition by jp morgan yeah and since then i believe according to the press release you reported four billion dollars as 55 IP powered assets, but then you said now you're up to 15 billion. Uh, was this primarily for JP Morgan clients that they moved over, or is this external? And what's the trend that's driving this growth? Yeah, so actually, in aggregate, it's it, we just crossed 20 billion, um, and so that's across it was models. 15 billion five minutes ago, you added five billion just while we're talking. That's incredible. well, that that was in our models business, right? And so our direct index of business is another five billion, and so that's so that's. That's what we talked about, right? Yeah. So in aggregate, it's 20 billion today, uh, on its way to be multiples of that in the coming years. Yep. Um, the big drivers, trends-wise, I mean, I'm not going to get into like the makeup of the of the allocation across different products, but I would say one of the, you know, in the RIA channel specifically, 
I would say the biggest driver that we see is this push to custom model portfolios. And you know, half of the assets on our platform today are in custom models, either built by entirely by the CIO office of a of a aggregator or integrator, if you will, this these days, um, RIA platform, uh, or a you know more standalone you know traditional wealth management firm, or custom models built in conjunction with the BlackRock's of the world or, or Fidelities of the world, and so. Um, the the industry is certainly shifting to that, and it, it's for a number of reasons. Obviously, I think the 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 obvious there are obvious ones, but I think one of the ones that I see that is more like economic driven is as you as we see all this aggregation that's happening, you know, funded by private equity, and um, I think the pressure is on to homogenize businesses and 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 make sure and but still have a fingerprint on the portfolio. Right, so it still has this sort of custom feel that advisors can talk talk about and have a narrative around, but also move this broader shift to model portfolios, which you know, Cerulli or others would say goes to four trillion to eleven trillion in the coming years. Right, so so those trends are the biggest driver, and I feel like 55 IP is really uh, well positioned to capture that. We work with all the asset managers on custom model portfolio builds. We have the ability, to, as well as the advisors directly in their home offices. Um, and and we have the ability to build their model portfolios on our platform, and then use the very quickly, and then use the software to allocate it to client accounts pretty, pretty seamlessly, and and then use obviously our our active tax technology and deliver you know these better after tax benefits for the clients. So um, you know that the tax transition pro problem also shows up a lot in this aggregation uh, movement that we see, right? And so as these firms. Um, all these household names, uh, all these firms are becoming household names and national RIA platforms are buying up firms and then they're stuck with these books of business that don't look like the home office models. And so how do they get them there? And, the, you know, they're getting pressure to, to make the operations more seamless and, and add to the bottom line. But how do they get them to the portfolios that they already use in-house where, where our capabilities, you know, can facilitate that pretty quickly? And so that, that's the major trend I see, Craig. That's good. Um, I appreciate that. So when it comes to automated portfolio implementation, not transition, um, so you'll you offer that as a service. What exactly does it mean and how does it work? How, so again, how would I work with that? How would I um, take advantage of that with my existing wealth management uh, platform? Yeah, totally. So when we think about our, our like core offering, if I had to distill it into to the three things, right? So is this intuitive um, intelligence that we have inside, like the intel inside, if you will, which is, our, is another word for our, um, our algorithms on the, on the tax side, on the after tax technology. It's our digital experience, which is we feel pretty intuitive and easy to use. Within a few clicks, you can you can you know get through the workflow. And then thirdly, it's this automated implementation. And so behind the hood, under our UI, we have you know something we've built over many many years called TradeGen, and it's our trade generation module that allows us to, at, at massive scale, allows us to generate tax smart trade lists uh, for clients and for advisors and in, in, at, at the account level, right? And and so that's the power of the implementation and combining those. And while there's other firms, I think do parts of that. Combining those three things together in a, in a, an experience is what I think makes us stand out. And so that so advisors love love that capability because they can basically they outsource that 
full full workflow with a few clicks and configurations on their end uh, to a 55 IP. And we can go through those same delivery services as we talked about earlier, which start from advisory, the trailer's delivery, and now move, as we move into pure software as a service um, through APIs, right? And so under the hood is this implementation engine that we expose in various ways. Indeed. Uh, so final question, um, what's coming down the pike for 55 IP? What can we expect new, um, exciting new features functionality in the next six to 12 months? Yeah, so it's it's a, a little bit of, um, you know, where we think the industry is going, right? So the, the biggest channel, that the fastest growing channel is UMA. And, and so that's the natural extension of our practice. Um, and so we're being able to become the tax overlay on UMA platforms that have the sleeves infrastructure and we deliver the, the tax management across, uh, you know, all the sleeves. Um, and so we're going to be um, doing that within the walls of JB Morgan. We're going to have, we have some other large enterprise partners that are, that are being lined up. Uh, and so we're going to be able to deliver that through the industry and continue to provide our service. Um, in the advisor experience, uh, we're really going to be focused on uh, developing our custom model solution even further. And so advisors can really take advantage of, of our capabilities on the tax transition piece, specifically around our bulk upload process. So like, you know, advisors who want to really move books of business, big chunks of business over and into the implementation engine, they'll be able to do that pretty seamlessly, um, uh, you know, over the coming months and, and quarters. That is excellent. Wow. I mean, the time has just flown by, Sachin. Can you tell everyone where they can find out more information about 55 IP? Absolutely. You can please come to our newly launched website. We just launched it last week, www.55-ip.com. Uh, our advisor success team uh, would love to be able, would love to engage and, and discuss our capabilities. So glad you were here, Sachin. I really appreciate your time and uh, openness about your product and explaining to everyone. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Craig, for having me. Take care. Hey, it's Craig again. Here are my top three takeaways from this episode. Uh, direct indexing constitutes the significant portion of 55 IP's business, around 20 to 30%. And the platform's AUM recently surpassed $20 billion. So this growth is attributed to the rise in customer models and utilization of direct indexing as an efficient investment tool. Number two, tax savings. The 55IP platform has generated, according to the website, over 2% of annualized annual uh, annualized average tax savings for clients over the past three years. Now, they generate this savings mostly through monthly tax loss harvesting on model portfolios and daily tax loss harvesting on direct indexing portfolios. And of course, the tax savings is calculated by the difference between the tax bill of an account that has tax management versus an account that doesn't have tax management. And number three, future developments. Some upcoming features on the 55 IP roadmap include enhancements to their tax overlay capabilities on UMAs, improved bulk upload processes for advisors looking to transition large volumes of business. And the focus will be on expanding the tax management services and customer solutions offered through the 55 IP platform. All right, that's it. You've reached the end of another episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. Please go to our website, ezragroup.com 
scroll to the bottom of the homepage and sign up for our newsletter. Once a month, you'll receive an email chock full of wealth management goodness, news, updates, information. You won't be disappointed. Thanks again for listening and talk to you all again next time. Mm-hmm.